clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. And guess who's here? One of my favorite guests of all time. Go ahead, say hello in the intro. Hi, everyone. Dr. Leo here. Yes! (laughs) Yes! It's my favorite when Dr. Leo joins. And this is our season finale. Season finale. Big things to discuss here, Dr. Leo. Big things to discuss. I've got some real genuine questions. And I told the doc, I said, I'm only going down this road if I can talk to Dr. Leo about it. Not that I don't trust the illustrious doc here, but I needed And we are back, folks. It is the season finale of season three, which I still cannot believe we've been doing this for three seasons. And we're going to be going into season four, and we're going to have new technology, and it's going to be very exciting. Jeremiah tells me that we're going to have cameras. We're going to have cameras. (laughs) It's a whole new thing, and we're going to film things. For the the future? For the future. future. The future holds cameras. Yeah, okay. it's like a whole new I mean, technology. I watch a lot of podcasts on YouTube. See? I know. See? See? Well, we this was something that was supposed to happen season one, and then COVID happened. And then <laughs> we, you know, took our ambitions and scaled them just a little bit to yeah. match. When we knew we weren't going to see each other in person for a, a couple of years, maybe, we had to we had to readjust our expectations and the expectations for our millions of fans all over the world, Dr. Leo. So, But now they're going to be so excited to know that they're going to be able to see this face with this mustache. They're going to yeah. be so excited to see the doc and her fire engine red hair. It's going to be the greatest thing ever coming into the future and uh, don't forget everyone out there like share and subscribe tell all your friends about the university of pleasure of course next year we have many people coming in we've had lots of people calling in on our phone number which is what's our phone number tara 917-382-0653 and by lots of people do you mean the people trying to sell me pools and help me with my student loans is that (laughs) what you're referring to as lots of people calling. Lots of people. Lots of people. I called back those pool companies and I said, hey, do you want to come on the University of Pleasure? Super. It could have been better sex story and their game. We've got a line of people who are coming to do that, which is very exciting. Don't forget to check out the Amy book. And uh, Dr. Leo, do you have any updates for us that we could pitch here on the University of Pleasure for you, like a book or, you know, articles that you've written or things that you've been going on other than little known fact, folks, Dr. Leo is out house shopping right now and he is going to be buying a new house soon. So we are very excited for Dr. Leo being out there house hunting. We're keeping our fingers super double and triple crossed here that you find the right place. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, I am. I'm putting it in the universe. Excellent. Excellent. And do you have a book or anything? Have you been busy? What's going on? 
Um, yeah. So since last time I was here, I actually started my own company with my platonic life partner, Dr. Nick Ryder. Um, it's called Our Queer History. Um, it's a free to use platform for anyone interested in LGBTQI events. And it's all done using psychologically minded usability um, at a sixth grade reading level. So it's a tool for everyone to just learn about queer history and make sure that we're documenting important facts well, and you can follow us on instagram at our queer history history spelled with an x not an i um and then now i have a professional instagram since apparently that's <gasps> something to do uh, well what is your professional PhD, instagram bad phd pr uh, you can follow me on there if you want to hear my random thoughts on life and the world that's going on. Well, you know, I'm going on as soon as this is over and I'm clicking because I'm the biggest Dr. Leo fan ever. And uh, congratulations on this new platform. Incidentally, I'm also going to be checking out that new platform because you did it exactly at my reading level. So I am very excited to be (laughs) able to sit down. And it's, it's very easy to use. It's just a tap and a scroll. You are speaking my language. <laughs> I love usability when Dr. Leo is important. Comes on. I feel like he tailored it just for me. All right. Well, I'm excited to see you. Listen, this is here's the thing with this episode. We've been talking about this. We know we've been building it up. It made me. It makes me stress a little bit. But you know what? I, we should we should summarize it. And just in case, as much as I love to believe that everyone listens to all of our podcasts of in order, in case. Someone is like a first-time joiner. All right, go ahead, Doc. Go give give a little bit of a summary here. Okay. A little bit of a summary is that we, for a while, have been on this podcast talking about prostate play Uh and different ways that it can be enjoyable. And Jeremiah has been nervous about trying it, but inching his way toward, no pun intended, (laughs) toward (laughs) trying to, you know, think about that, move towards maybe engaging that. And Jeremiah's wife listens to the podcast and has been very enthusiastic (laughs) what is that fair fair that's that's fair that's fair very enthusiastic about wanting to um help jeremiah enjoy other type of pleasures help me on my journey on your journey and really out of the spirit of wanting to like explore different things that could be pleasurable and fun and we've been talking about it for a while and jeremiah has there have been some toys purchased, and I know there was some anxiety about the toys. Yes. And I, what Jeremiah revealed is that there's been some progress in getting, in trying some and, some stuff. Yes. And Jeremiah, as you mentioned, was not comfortable with just me being the one to facilitate, which was wise. I think it was a good choice. Thank you, Doc. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, so here I, you know, those who uh, listen to the podcast know my my deep love and affection for one of my dearest and closest friends, Doctor Leo, and we've been such wonderful friends now for almost I don't even remember how long. It just feels like twenty years now. I mean, it just feels like forever. And a year I just and said, a half. I just said <laughs> two years. Maybe I mean some. I it feels like longer. But anyway, the point is that I really genuinely wanted to talk to Doctor Leo about this because I had some thoughts. I had some feelings that came up in the process. These are very real. They're very genuine. And I know when you say stuff like that, it sounds like it's not, but it is because uh, you know it, it, it's it's been an interesting 
journey for me, you know, when we talked about this before, Dr. Leo, I'm not going to lie. It made me sweat a little bit, it made me sweat. Like, like start, like, you know, like I gotta, I'm going to, I gotta do this. Like I'm, I'm going to do this because I'm open, I'm open and I'm here and I want to learn. And I am all about pleasure here. And, uh, I wanted to be able to go down this road, but I had the first thing was the mental hurdle of it was I, the idea of it was uh, very stressful to me, okay? And is that something that would be fair to say happens to a lot of men who go down this road? Yeah, I mean, if we wanna go down, to start off, you know, on a deeper level, uh, yeah, completely common. You know, one of the things that I always ask my, the people that I work with is, where do you think that that stress is coming from, right? Um, like you said, you are, you're a person who likes pleasure, but yet this particular form of pleasure seems stressful. And I would argue that that comes from internalization of like, you know, homophobia, internalization of what masculinity is supposed to be. Yes, Doc. Um, you know, I, I can, you know, as a, as a male assigned at birth person myself, I can recall all of the messaging around like protecting your butt because God forbid someone does something to it, right? 100%. And there's a lot of anxiety that a lot of male assigned at birth people hold um, in regards to that area of their body because yeah. it's associated with so much weakness. It's counter masculinity, femininity, all of that stuff. Uh, you just like literally hit the nail on the head on so many levels. And, I, and, I, and I'll be very real. Uh, you know, that was that was my biggest struggle and still even even going into it which we're going to get into in, in a minute here that was one of my biggest struggles and i just you know even explaining to my amazing wife i'm like this is this is hard for me this is very hard for me to i feel uh i i feel uh i guess the best way to feel it was i i felt like weakened or like go like i felt like that it would make me somehow less of a you know, uh, masculine man type thing. And I, I apologize to all of our listeners if I am not articulating correctly the uh, language that is needed in this moment. I'm just uh, explaining my feelings, if that makes any spent and sense there, doctor. No, and I, I appreciate you speaking frankly about your experience. I think that <clears throat> normalizing some of this anxiety is a huge public service <laughs> process that, that happens throughout these discussions, right? We try to, we try to do them in a, a, a heart, like, you know, humorous, but respectable way, but that doesn't take away from the fact that there's a very, very real lived experience that a lot of uh, men feel when, when not even with penetration, anal penetration, but just anything that invites them to be more mindful of their body. It's very counterintuitive for a lot of men because that's not the programming we yeah. give men. Yeah. Often. Yeah. It, it, and, it, it, it's completely common for you to have dissonance between what your values are, right? What your thought process is, your rational self says, well, yeah, I'm pro pleasure. Yeah. I'm pro exploring my body, getting to know my body, but that emotional programming is still there. And yeah. part of the work that we do in sex therapy and, you know, uh, doc can speak to that too, is helping people kind of bring those two sides of themselves into a middle point where you can manage the shame, kind of get over it, and then engage in a very body positive way with whatever whatever pleasure you want to get, right? Um, Absolutely. So I think apply some more things than just 
prostate play. Yeah. <laughs> Very true. Absolutely. Very true. And, and that's why I was so excited to actually talk to both of you about this. You know, I, I, I so love and respect uh, what both of you do for so many people and helping them. And, you know, you always want to think that you're somebody who, you know, all of us, well, I'm impervious to that sort of a thing, or mm -hmm. I'm impervious to that. And I have to tell you, going down this road, I instantly realized I am not impervious <laughs> to this. I am not as, you know, evolved as I wanted to believe that I was in all of my frank chit chat with the doc, you know, like it came down to it. And I mean, I, I have to, all I can do is just be very honest. Like came to the moment we had, we had done all the things at the doc and I have talked about here on the podcast, Dr. Leo, like, like we had set a time, we had a plan, we had gone and we did shopping in preparation of said plan. We had discussed ahead of time, but when we went into just even the discussion ahead of time, I really found myself, and this is going to shock all, I didn't have a lot to say. <laughs> I, I literally just started to clam up and it was like, well, It'll be a thing and uh, <laughs> it's going to be fine and everything. And I just started to really start to struggle. And I'm like, man, I really can't. I'm really struggling here. And, you know, my wife is so wonderful because she is, you know, uh, was very excited. To, you know, because, again, giving her an opportunity, but we get to share in something new together and in finding a way to explore together, which is very exciting for both of us. But, man, I tell you, I really... I hit a wall that I just did not truly anticipate through all of the jokes and all of the silliness. I really got to this place where I went, man, I don't know. I, I'm struggling to even hold a conversation about it as if all of a sudden by admitting this is something I'm going to do and try that my masculine, like I'm, I'm about to go in and turn in my masculinity card and I can no longer work on my truck and like, you know, like all of these, I know that sounds silly, but it genuinely was how I felt in that moment. Like admitting that I am interested in this thing, doing it this way with something that might be penetrative or even exterior play in an area that is just from the world I grew up in and what I know is like verboten like you do not do this like otherwise you are not really a man and it, mm -hmm. it like all of a sudden just started to like grab me that's all I could really do is describe <laughs> it that way well I I'm gonna I'm gonna welcome you to the experience of relinquishing power as mm -hmm. part of your own self-identity I think Thank that's you. a major point point in masculine sexuality is is this idea of masculinity is built around penetration, right? These like these like conquering ideas, and in many ways, penetrative sex feels like a relinquishment of that power that you live in. Um, I mean, but as a queer person, I don't really care if you relinquish your power. But... <laughs> 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 I've had to do that since I was born, but. Um... <laughs> You know, well, I, I think it is an important thing to think about because there can be many ways in which, you know, allowing yourself to experience something like this really translates to other areas of life where you might have been afraid to do something because of this like internal programming that really is not serving a point nor serving you. Well, I, so. I really appreciate you saying that. And I appreciate the insight because I, I didn't anticipate that it would be something that, you know, uh, would 
give me such pause and make me so unnerved. Like, I felt like it gave me the idea that like, when we were getting ready in our moment, and we'll lead to that after the break, I'll kind of go into how how, how it all went down. But, you know, like, <laughs> but it, it was the... It was the idea that like I started getting that feeling in, in the stomach that I don't often get where it was like, oh, I'm getting to the top of that first hill of a roller coaster. My stomach's starting to flip. And like, you know, like we're about how to did, How did you feel your pelvic floor? Well, my pelvic floor that I work on all the time because of you, by the way, I, I really consciously think about my pelvic floor all the time, Dr. Leo. I'm like sitting because I do a lot of sitting, you know, when I'm in my in my day to day life because of either on the podcast or I'm recording or I'm doing things. And I literally will sit there consciously and go, oh, you got that all real tight down there, chief. You got to mm-hmm. relax. You got to you're sitting there in that seat and you're all mm. And I start, then I'll literally be like, Dr. Leo said, check in from time to time with it. Check in. And I check in a lot. (laughs) And I credit you, Dr. Leo, for my pelvic floor that I didn't even know as a man existed. So you see, this is a journey. Okay. All of our millions of fans, it's a journey. So Um, go ahead, Dr. Can I, sorry, and I know this is like a little bit separate of a thing, but as you were talking about like your wife's excitement, like I think you said something really important around like... um, I'm just thinking about it also from like a, a shared experience mm-hmm. perspective. And then we can certainly, obviously, as we get more into things, talk about that. But like when you were saying like my wife's excited about it, it's this new thing that we can do together. I think also like there's something really joining about trusting somebody. Yes. With yes. Something that was the next that, thing I was going to talk about. Yeah. Yep. Like mm-hmm. trusting somebody with something that feels really vulnerable um like new things often feel scary and feel mm-hmm. vulnerable but especially something like this as you're describing that makes me feel, maybe feels a little extra vulnerable to you like that's a what a like what an amazing gift to give a partner and so i would imagine that that might be also and i can't speak for your wife but i would imagine that there's maybe an element of that that also amplifies the the excitement or the engagement oh 100 percent. Well, you know there are not many things that i can honestly say that are like firsts anymore you know i've been in the lifestyle i've done all these really wonderful exciting things but there are not many things that i can really sit down i'd have to consciously think about like did i ever try this this is obviously something that was a a a no-go zone it's the star trek nerd of the neutral zone between you know star trek space and the you know uh klingons right so like this was just the no-go zone and everything and and it's supposed to be that way you know and and that's you know everything else around that is fine but that zone is no way but it really was you know i i i my like i said we talked about it ahead of time we did all the preparation work we you know went online and and i she i said that you you have the opportunity i'm going to let you buy the toy we're going to share in something that is good i'm not you know and it makes me nervous talking about it and she's like you know don't worry and you know but then there were moments where i had to say to myself even just in the conversation like look look dude okay how many times have you been to her like, all right, my beautiful wife, today we're buying this new toy and we're going to do this new thing. And it all had to be, you know, evolved. Karen and I, that is probably a much more common conversation than you. say. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so I had to tell myself like, hey, if, if you're so, you know, able to go, we're going to try this and she's so willing to like get new toys and try new things, you've got to, you know, 
what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, you know, put on your big boy pants here, you know, like kind of a thing. I know that sounds so silly, Dr. Leo, but it's how I, it's the only way I could process it in my head was like, you but know. Whatever gets you through the, through the anxiety hump, I think. <laughs> but I also think like, I really enjoy, Jeremiah, that you're talking about also being thoughtful about like, it's very easy to ask a partner to do something sexually sort of like new or novel, right? When we're not the one doing it, we're like, let's, hey, let's try this new toy or do this new thing. And your partner's like, I don't know. And you're like, you can do it. It'll be great. Exactly. That's like the much easier position to 100%. be from like encouraging. And and I, and I appreciate that you were maybe practicing, I guess, for lack of a better term, like some empathy around that and like some like self-reflection around the idea of like, oh, I ask things of my partner. Like I put my partner in this position and ask these things. Like there's a, there's a, um, like sort of a, a giving back of that way of like, I kind of maybe also need to to stretch myself in ways that I might ask my partner to do so. That's exactly it. That was exactly and again, no it. Pun, and you said no it much more. Yeah. I, everything that I'm saying here is <laughs> stretch the real yourself. setup. Thank you. Uh, no, uh, yeah, that was exactly it. Because, you know, that's also, the thing. Is it, Yes, oh, Dr. Leo. I wanted to say something is, you know, I always, I, I at this point in my career, I, I speak openly about the fact that I never planned to be such a, an aware person of heterosexual people's sex lives. Um, <laughs> one of the things that I've noticed in my practice is, you know, there is something to be said around straight culture and the fact that people don't realize that to ask a partner to be the receiving partner of any kind of penetration is a bigger ask than to be the penetrator, right? There you go, okay. And I think I, I take a hat from like the kink community, right? where there's a cognizant awareness of how the different dynamics and different roles impact the different people differently. Um, I think a lot of men are not used to understanding the level of vulnerability that comes with being the penetrated partner. Mm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that you're describing to me just rolls back down to like this deeply ingrained idea of masculinity being the power holder and the relinquishing of that control is seen as a significant almost like betrayal yes to masculinity yes that's exactly how but, it, that's exactly the, that's literally dr leo you, nail on the head both of you but, nail on the head but if you think about it you know and then this is where i would say if you look at it from a queer lens who's doing the more work here yes <laughs> Right. Yes. Anything we should honor the person who's being the penetrated partner because that person is really doing a lot of heavy lifting and yes. connecting their body to the moment, connecting their body to the behavior, allowing and relinquishing power. Right to a certain degree, uh, negotiating what is can be done, what can't be done. There's a lot of power in being the receptive partner. It's just that patriarchy doesn't allow us to see it that way. A hundred percent, and that's you, you're so right on the money, and that's why I was so excited to talk to both of you about it together. You have both such in, in unique viewpoints on this, and you've been also gracious and and uh, talking to me about it. And as much as we joked, you know, it, these are real things that I just I hadn't anticipated. I hadn't anticipated that it, it felt like a betrayal of my manhood somehow. I mean, that's the best way I could describe it. I felt like I was betraying, you know, who I was as a man and that by doing this, I would somehow lose that, if that makes any sense. And, uh, and but you're right in the way that you even just said that, you know, someone 
who has is is the penetrate door like that they are doing the heavy lifting they are in, in relinquishing you mean penetrate, penetrate t penetrate t. listen t. I, semantics the one receiving. this is why Penet- yeah the receiving i don't like i come on this is why i'm so glad that his thing is a sixth grade reading level because i am going to be <laughs> a, like, like i'm going to be like Ooh, this is great i understand everything here but yeah. yes what you were saying yes doc that is correct. Uh, no i was just gonna say like so i i didn't say it in the beginning but i am i'm very proud of you for two, so two things right like you're talking about See how much awareness comes out of taking risks. That's right. How much awareness we build when we take risks because like nothing your butt. Yeah. 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 Right. Uh-huh. Like, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> like when you when you take a risk, like you have to confront anxiety and then you have to ask yourself like what that anxiety is about. Right. Like, I mean, I think sometimes we might confront anxiety and go, I don't like this and run away. So we're not really mm-hmm. actually confronting what it's about. But sometimes if we stick with it long enough and like settle into that anxiety long enough, there's a lot of like we sometimes think of anxiety as, is bad, right? Like it's a bad thing, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, anxiety yeah. has, has purpose and it has meaning. And one of the things, right. Is it's, it's a, it's a cue. It's a signal. It's, it's a language that's being spoken to you. Mm-hmm. And it allows us to be able to self-reflect a little, if we can sit with it long enough and go, what, what is this about? And it helps us, you know, not to be too trite, but like grow ourselves yes. in some kind of way. Yes. And You know, one of the things that I'm proud of you for is because it was part of why we began just to give those listeners that maybe haven't been on this whole journey with us, this dialogue. (laughs) If anyone's listened to any, I don't know, it's usually nearly every podcast, Jeremiah loves anal. I do. (laughs) Is this a fair thing? Yes, Jeremiah very much, I don't think I'm misspeaking for you, Jeremiah. No, 100%, you are speaking truth. Is is, considers himself, what is the phrase, an anal Sherpa? Yes, 100%. Helping, yeah, look at Dr. Leo's face. To your, to your partners. Yes. Yes. Right? Like to bring people on board about the joys of anal pen, like anal penetration and mm-hmm. anal sex and like has has enjoyed like sort of introducing. Am I fair? Am I saying this fairly, yes, Jeremiah? You're saying it all correct. Right. Like introducing other people to it and has always been a very big advocate of like anal pleasure, but right, like not experiencing that for yourself. Correct. Side note. I would heavily argue that if you see yourself as a Sherpa, you engaging in your own play will Crucial make you part a, of Sherpadom. Well, yeah, Sherping, Sherpadom, Sherping. I don't know the right word, right? Like would only enhance that skill set. But yes. I appreciate that you know you're you're willing to experience the other side of that because it's you know, I think it is like you said, like there's lots of things we can ask of other people, but we learn a lot when we then ask them of ourselves as yes. well. Well, and that was the thing that kept me every time I tried to shy away from it, every time I would get nervous and, you know, because my wife would say, are, are, are we going to buy these toys? Or are we going to do this thing? You know, I would I refused to shy away from it because I'm like, I can't I can't be that person who's like just like you were saying, like, you should try this. It's the greatest. It's the best. You're going to love it. Let's get you a starter kit. Let's get you with this. It's going to be great. And then when they come, oh, no, no, I I would never do that. Never, ever. Like, all of a sudden, there was like a part of myself was like, you can't do that. That's very hypocritical. This is something you've got to, you know, as as Dr. Leo said, it's part of your Sherpatum. Like, if you got to, if you're going to do that, you know, like, it, it was just that that was something that constantly kept go, me going and then just the idea of facing my fears and uh so we 
those those were the feelings that I had. And then, you know, I'm also very, very grateful because I have, I, I do have a partner in, in someone that I I trust because it took a lot of trust. And and I always say that even in reverse when I talk about, you know, you, know, you got to trust somebody, got to be able to know that someone's not going to try to hurt you or, 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 you know, make you feel shame for if it's something happens and there's like we've talked about in our anal episode, a little bit of poop or a little bit of that or like these things happen. And, you know, just be knowing that I was I had someone to make me feel OK and safe was really another driving force behind it. So that all being said, I think we should take a break here. Then we're going to come back. I'm gonna use my sexy voice and tell you how it all went down, how everything happened. No, I'm definitely no. not gonna do that. I'm really not gonna do that. But I, <laughs> Dr. No. Dr. Leo, went, oh my goodness, you're you're a sport, Doctor Leo. You're a sport. All right. Um, if I before the break, Jeremiah, if I may, like I I appreciate your willingness to also sit and have two psychologists stare at you while you talk about your feelings. <laughs> That is that is bravery. Well, that is bravery. that is bravery. Right there, because if you, you if anyone if we were recording, uh, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> the screen is just the way that it looks on my end is just two psychologists like up above Jeremiah's <laughs> picture window on Zoom, <laughs> just <laughs> eyes directly on him as he describes his feelings, <laughs> which is. This is a bit of a position. Yes. Well, I and maybe a recurring nightmare for some for the people. East Coast crowd, but definitely for the Midwest yeah. crowd. Groundbreaking. Fair enough. Yeah. Good point. Well, I appreciate it. On that note, we'll be right back. And we are back, folks. Yes. Today's the day. Dr. Leo's here. It's our grand finale episode of season three before we move into our new exciting tech world uh, with cameras, which you would then see that I am have a bit of a fop sweat even talking about this, but it's all okay. Everything is great. I've got two amazing people who are helping me guide me through this process who have been nothing but kind. Uh, because it is hard to talk about. It is it is hard for me. Uh, again, you know, when we when we have our listeners, we always want you to know that we're being real and we're being honest when we talk about things. And uh, you know, this was something that was a real challenge for your old pal Jeremiah James. And even just sitting here and talking about it past my wife to two professionals, it is uh, it's a daunting task. But I'm here for it. I appreciate both of. Uh, the docs, Dr. Leo and Dr. Jansen. And uh, so let's get into the mix here. So we we prepped it, we talked about it, we were ready to go. We had we had conversations ahead of time about, hey, you know, much like in conversations I've had in reverse, like if you don't feel comfortable, you know, and it was it was a very interesting position and very unnerving position to be in to have my partner looking at me and going, and if you feel uncomfortable and you don't, I was like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) Everything about this is stressing me out. And hear her saying things that you have said to people before. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Like legitimate word for word. It was literally word for word. Like if you don't feel comfortable or you don't feel safe, you just tell me and everything stops like words that I have used many times in our exchanges and and past relationships. And 
And there was that, there's like the two parts of my brain. There was the part that would kind of chuckle at the hilarity of the fact that these things were being said to me, you know? And then there was this sheer panic. And then I guess there was even this third part about like, oh, this is what other people feel in these moments where I'm the person giving them these, you know, bits of information. And this is why it makes you a better Sherpa. Right. Well, I appreciate that that. <laughs> that. that like like it that it builds that skill set because you've been on the end of what that's like. Like so like there's um there's a lot of ways to be conscientious, but like having experiential <laughs> like experiential sort of consciousness about something where you're like, I have also been in your position and that right. makes me even more thoughtful, more mindful about certain things. Well, I, I like to believe that I was always somebody who is so, you know, empathetic or whatever the right terminology is that I would understand. But I tell you again, there's so many times, you know, you only know so much until you're in that position yourself, you know, right. and here I was in that position and instantly it gave me I've always had an immense respect for my uh, female partners in, in my life. I make sure I'm using the right uh, words, the cisgender women that I have been with in as, mm -hmm. a, as, a, as a straight male. But, uh, you know, until you're in that position yourself, it, you, it really, you don't truly understand. And, uh, and I just, it gave me so much, even more respect than I already had for uh, those partners over the years. And so... Uh, we decided to go, we were going to do it. We had it planned. I let my wife pick the, the toy because it was just a little bit of like, uh, you know, even shopping for it specifically and putting it in a cart for myself was a daunting thought process. It was like, okay. And, and, and what I mean by that is I bought so many toys, but it just was like, you know, if we're doing this, like, like clicking on them and going through them, I just said, you know. I'm just going to let my wife do this. And so she bought the toy and with my approval, online. yeah, online. Mm -hmm. And, uh, uh, I believe it was Adam and Eve and, uh, incidentally, Adam and Eve, if you want to be a sponsor in the university of pleasure, please let us know. Anyway, 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 okay. I'm sorry. Just let it know. So, but we did, we bought on Adam and Eve. We looked up, you know, the lubes that uh, Dr. Tara always talks about. And we ordered some of those. And we also ordered some other toys for her as well. And, you know, we spent a good chunk of money on toys. I'm not going to lie. But <laughs> uh, they all came. And even when the box showed up, of course, you know, my wife's all smiles. Like, it's just like, look what came here today, <laughs> you know. And I'm like, yay. <laughs> Great. It was like each step was its own moment that i had to overcome like from buying the toy and having her buy the toy and show me the thing and then the toy being there and then the you know like so many things like is the box opening moment like you watch on you know like <laughs> the online on a youtube show and like opening the box and i'm like oh, I don't know, this one looks pretty daunting like this is this it was a bit of an intimidating toy which leads me to another moment of Hey, be thoughtful when you're shopping for toys with your uh, with your partner on the flip side of the coin. So we got prepped. We we went through all the processes that the doc has talked about about relaxation, setting kind of a, a, a mood and a and a and a time frame that would feel most comfortable and confident. Not a lot of distractions. Um, and started off with just, you know, the basic, you know, connections and all of that sort of thing. 
And through all of it, there was a, a lot of, I had a lot of anxiety. I can't lie. I was, I was very anxious, you know, and, uh, and then we got to the place where we decided, okay, are you ready to try this? Uh, and then we, we got the toy out. She had prepped it and charged it and everything was good. And uh, we were good to go. What did it look like? Um, it is one of the ones that has, it, it, it like curls around and like has a heavy base, almost look like a, an anal plug, but not really a plug. Uh, Vibratory? Yeah. And it vibrated and it had a remote so you could up and down the, you know, uh, the levels of, uh, vibration. Uh, so like you could use it almost like you would use a basic vibrator, but it, could also be used anally. That was the way it was described. It was like both. You could do both. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Did it have it? So and it, and it had a flare, so it would just stay there. Yes. Yeah. It had a flare, so it would stay. But you could also explain in the you directions. Always, you always want that flare. Yeah. You, you always want the flare. Want the flare. <laughs> yes. You, you want to avoid upward mobility. Got it. In this case. Yes. So this one has has the flare. But it, it seemed a little large. And that also made me sweat a bit. And so would say, what would you say was the circumference of said toy? Like I, I think I think large is a subjective term. So it mm -hmm. was it was it was it was very girthy. It was much larger in girth than I would have anticipated a starter like setup kind of a thing to be. And there's a reason for that it was because I relinquished my power to such a degree. I didn't check any of what my wife had purchased. <laughs> <laughs> and she was not quite a starter kit. It was for advanced because then course you know we're in the moment we got it out and i'm looking at this thing and i am now i'm like straight up like i, I don't know how this is going to happen like i don't know i'm i'm starting to really freak out a bit in my head and then she's like no it'll be okay i mean it does seem a little big but da, 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 da. and then we look at the box i'm like give me the box like we stop everything you know Hang <laughs> out a second i need to see this box like this doesn't seem it she was like oh i guess oh yeah this is for advanced people. <laughs> like it literally said advanced <laughs> prostate play toy. Uh, and so, you know, I'll just give you a little bit of the play by play. We used it in the best ways that we could in this scenario. And in the moment, uh, had it not been my partner, I don't know that I, I could have done any of, uh, of it. So we started with the, perineum or the taint area and that's what we really focused on in the beginning and trying to find the right vibrating settings because yet again i've done this a hundred times for other people and like what setting works and you know like working all that out and being patient with you know someone to make sure they feel comfortable and safe and all those things so we focused there once we got it to a place where i was like this is a good speed and and the, and the the toy. Uh, then we tried to do the anal uh, actual a bit of penetration. We used lube, and and it was very uh, all. I mean, easiest way to say it was, like, it was all the things. It was all the things, Doctor Leo. It was like 
the things that I as a Sherpa, I'd be like, don't tense up, just relax. And like, you know, and of course it's all coming in reverse. My wife's like, don't tense up, don't <laughs> relax, just it's all going to be okay. You know, kind of a thing. Now, I will say that uh, we were able to do a little bit around the anus and in the anus a little, but it was a very large toy. To be perfectly fair, did, did you play around with your position? Yes, I tried uh, my back. I tried sideways. I tried body positioning, and it just was, frankly, too large. It just can, you, can I can I pause you there, uh, Dr. Leo? Do you mind explaining why that might make a difference? Oh yeah. Um, so different positions put our pelvic floor in different points of tension. Um, so if you're like standing up, or if you're on all fours that might activate a series of the pelvic floor muscles that actually don't facilitate penetration. So, you know, sometimes I even recommend just following what like physicians do when they're doing colonoscopies, which is putting someone on their side, really disengaging any of the leg movements around the anus um, helps with penetration. That's, Excellent. That's what. Excellent. Thank you, Dr. Leo. And thank you for explaining that, Dr. Leo, because, and I want to make this very clear right here to all of our millions of fans all over the world. I am going to continue to try to find ways to explore this with my partner. Uh, and I'm going to continue on as, as the story, but we were not, I did not, uh, uh, was not able to use the toy in, in the full way that it was needing to be used. So I didn't, I, we, we, I gave it the old college try. We tried different positions. That's and, one hell of a honest try if you're asking for like, an expert butt plug. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, part of me as I'm listening, I'm like, this is so many people's first times of certain things where like, you just go like you, somebody's like, let's buy our first dildo and it's silicone. And you get that 12 inch <laughs> in <laughs> diameter. Yeah. Um, you know, and it looks good. Dildo. <laughs> yeah. Or like you buy it and like people realize that maybe silicone doesn't have like the same feel, like it might be the same girth of like a partner or something or another toy they have, but it's like they had glass and this one's silicone and they're like, oh, there's a little bit more friction or more tension with this, even with lube. And like, I think that this is so many people's, ex so I, I appreciate you sharing this, Jeremiah, because like it is like taking risks and like learning how to find pleasure is not a linear process, right? Like it's not, it doesn't always go according to plan. Like I, like for me, I sort of like, if you could have come on and been like, I tried it, it was great. It was amazing. It was so pleasurable. And I had like the best time, but honestly, like, I don't think that that's as valuable of a thing <laughs> to talk about because how convenient, right? Cause for a lot of people, they might have this experience where like shit, the toy was too big. <laughs> it's too clunky. It's clunky. Like, you know, listen, I, you know, I always like to tell people, Doc, you know, when we talk in the university here, I, like sometimes the first time you're, you're, you're intimate with somebody, it can be, it's usually pretty clunky. I don't know many people who are like, you know, we walk into a situation and the lights went down, everybody used their sexy voices and, you know, the candles automatically lit on a remote and then boom, it was magic. Like, usually it's kind of like, oh, I'm sorry. Is that the thing? Oh, no, I'm, you know, like, let me get my. Well, this is why people <laughs> like to to have first time experiences when they're drinking, right? right? Or when they're using substances, because then it might still be clunky, but they're not noticing or caring 
as much about the clunky. Like, I think a lot of people are like, oh, that went really smooth. But it's kind of like if you were to watch a videotape, it was like, no, we were kind of sloppy and drunk. Yeah, it was a <laughs> you mess. Know what I mean, it was a mess. Like, so I think sometimes there's also a, a difference in terms of like, I think your your point is a lot of times if people are sober and being sexual, yes. not to say that that's always the case that someone's using substances, but there there is a reason that first time sexual experiences, people often want to drink or want something to take the edge off before and, a first time sexual experience. And I can tell you in this scenario, I didn't, I didn't do it. And there was no drinking of any kind. I wanted to be uh, as open as possible in, in the way of like experiencing this and, and really having a genuine like check-in with how I felt about it and, and, and in that process. Next time, if we use that same toy, maybe I'll drink a few, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we should focus on buying two smaller toys and then yes. we can make a series uh, and just like everyone. You work your way into that toy. Yeah. That toy is maybe not, that toy is like future Jeremiah's toy. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? It's not... Anal enlightenment is where yes. yeah. you're working toward that toy. Absolutely. Was it, uh, I have a question, if you're willing to answer Jeremiah, I'm willing you certainly to don't have to. Um, like, was there any part of the penetrative piece that was like pleasurable or was it just too much no there was you know we we for the for the beginning of it there was a piece when uh it, just a little because it kind of goes it's like it's smaller and then it gets bigger as it goes out i guess you might say is the best way to describe it so it, it uh the little tapered. bit that was able yeah tapered so there's a little way that once it i had it in there the the best that i could in in a, in a comfortable way uh, and then fired up the you know the vibration part i found to be very pleasurable and you know and very hang on let, let me dial that back it was pleasurable it wasn't painful and it was not but it wasn't like ding 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 we've hit you know like that's it you know it was like this is i see you know that this could be a really wonderful way to find pleasure right um, the vibration was very strong. It was a very powerful toy in that way, which, you know, I'm a big advocate for in a lot of anal butt plugs, especially finding new ways of pleasure and stuff. So uh, that I actually found quite pleasurable, um, but it still was just on the verge of discomfort because of its size. So we tried that for a little while and uh, go ahead, Dr. Liu. Uh, add here from like, even just a psychological perspective, we have to recognize that pain and pleasure are not two distinct things. You know, there's many things that humans engage in that are, can be interpreted both as painful or as pleasurable, depending on the context. For example, scratching yourself, right? Yes. If you scratch yourself against a piece of furniture, that feels painful. But if you're itchy, that feels pleasurable. It's the same behavior. It's just our mental interpretation of it. And in many cases, things with sexuality and sexual behaviors often fall along those lines. Right. It's how you mentally approach a behavior or a context that will determine your interpretation of it. Yes, so absolutely. So being mindful of that, of that lack of a distinction is important when you're engaging in behaviors sexually that you may not be used to, because you have to remind yourself there's a subjective point of this, which is my own approach to this. So if you were approaching this from a fear-based perspective, the likelihood of this being painful is higher than if you you approached it from an excitement perspective. There you go. It's also, as a, uh, to your point about context, like also how aroused are you? 
Right. Right. Like, so your, your state of arousal is a contextual sort of state as well. Right. Like, so something that hurts when not in an arousal state might be very pleasurable when in an arousal state, like those, those sorts of things. Yeah. Go for it, Leo. Sorry. And that just reminds me another education point here is, you know, gay porn has really screwed up a lot of people because they're used to presenting a bottom or a person that's receptive with a raging heart on. And the reality is that a lot of people who really find anal stimulate, a lot of people with prostates that find anal sex really, really stimulating will oftentimes not have the hardest erection because the musculature needed to maintain and lock that erection may not go in hand with relaxing the anal sphincter. Oh, okay. So from a from just like a practice and an approach perspective, I always say, do not, if you're attempting penetrative anal sex for the first time and you have a penis, don't pay attention to the quality of your erection. That's, you're, you're paying attention to too many things. And you're essentially trying to create a system in your body that's counter contradicting each other. Okay. Uh, Leo, just for, for clarification, are you like, um, are you talking about like the person penetrating or the person being penetrated? Person being penetrated. Okay. I just want to clarify for folks. Yeah. Yeah. And oftentimes for kind of straight men who are trying anal sex for the first time, they're so used to being hyper-focused on the quality of their erection that that might get in the way of being mindful to relax their 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 butt. Okay. Yeah. Like, so, you know, like sometimes too, like even if you're doing external play and stuff, somebody might be having like not much of an erection, but they're like having like a lot of really good sensory information. And to your point, Leo, if someone's like looking down at their penis and they're like, I'm having a good time, but oh, I'm not getting hard. Or if a partner's confused, right? Mm. Like sometimes a partner uses an erection as a cue if somebody's having a good time. And that might be, if I'm, I hope I'm not misspeaking, Leo, but like sometimes like, like if you're a partner and you're using that as a judgment, a partner understanding that like, oh, like this prostate play feels really good and I might not be getting the same type of erectile functioning that I do, or I, you know, might be, it might look different in terms of what this pleasure looks like from what we're used to. So, so and- just the, is don't, don't have a penis crisis as you're trying to explore anal sex. Well, <laughs> that's actually good to know. Cause you know, I, I was very, you know, I, my wife turns me on. I'm very aroused by her. And even in the process of uh, the exploratory aspect, I, I I wasn't really focused on that. And so it's good to hear that be said for future exploration uh, to know that that's not a concern, that it doesn't it's not a lessening of something because I'm, you know, don't have the erection that I'm used to having in that moment, which is also good to convey to her in case she thinks that that possibly you know uh that it would mean that i was not enjoying what yeah we're like trying. i i think sometimes there's a, a little bit of a setup where someone's like oh wait are you not liking this like right. i don't see the cue that i'm maybe that you're enjoying on. Like it. The cue. right yeah. yeah the normal uh you got a boner so you must be having a good time so mm-hmm. uh the way that i guess i'll end this all was that in the end it was uh uh, too large a toy. We have now ordered new toys that uh, are going to be a, a better starter kit, which I always advocate for. Like, don't go all the way, May, right off the bat. And uh, what we did at a finish was to explore more with the perineum and the vibration 
from a masturbating standpoint where we utilized the toy because it was very powerful and had very good vibration to uh, utilize the external prostate play aspect of things. And uh, that was joyous. That was a really like hit a home run, you know, like something I hadn't, and ironically had never even thought about exploring, you know, like I just never, it was like, it was like on my peripheral, you know, like, but like I always enjoy myself just fine in general in that way. Orgasms are always very powerful. I feel very good about, you know, when um, there's never confusion, you know, but this was a very different uh, orgasm than I had ever experienced in that way uh in in a good way in a really great way that was very fun it was very exciting and it was very fun to explore with my partner who i you know just i you know i felt very safe and 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 very uh and it was something that i really enjoyed uh sharing with her because of all the times she has you know relinquished power to me and trusting me in these moments uh, it was a really joyous experience for those two main reasons that she, I felt safe and she, we were able to share in that in a partnership and, 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 a, and a way of balance that had never been done uh, for us in that way. And then just for the physical aspect of never experiencing uh, the like utilizing vibration on the perineum and, and all of that sort of thing. And uh, it ended up being a really joyous and and very, uh, I can honestly tell you, very beautiful experience for myself and my partner. And uh, I didn't have any, and, and in the end, and, and looking back, uh, you know, when it was all said and done, and we were able to talk about it together, both the, the, the slight bit of penetration and the things that we tried, and then the vibration with the toy on the perineum and, and the external prostate play, uh, it ended up being a very beautiful experience, and I'm grateful. I'm grateful to the both of you. I'm very grateful to Dr. Leo teaching me all about my pelvic floor. And and uh, but in 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 all seriousness, uh, it was really really wonderful. And I I want to thank you for letting me share it with everybody and talk very openly about it. And for you being here, Dr. Leo, to you know even still give a little bit of like tips of the trade because you know I never even would have thought. You know, when it comes, you were, you made the comment about like, you know, changing positions in the way that you might get the, you know, the doctor to check your prostate and that sort of thing. So that's something that we can put into our buffet, uh, <laughs> sexual buffet, as the doc likes to say, you know, for future trial uh, of fun. And, <laughs> uh, and, and I appreciate you being so open to hearing. So thank you both. That's my story. <laughs> and uh, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. Okay. <laughs> You did. Can can we talk a little bit about the ex, like just about external prostate play? Of course. Um, just because we have Dr. Leo here and I'm going to exploit their talents. Can you speak a little bit, Dr. Leo, about like, I think when people think about prostate play, they do think about it more internally. Would you mind speaking a little bit about externally about how it's still getting uh, yeah. stimulated? So the, the prostate sits at the base of our, of our torso, basically. Um, the, the easiest way to access one... You know, I, th I think a lot of people have a misunderstanding that they're accessing their prostate per se, but they're not accessing their prostate per se with internal play. They are accessing, touching it through the colon 
structure, mm-hmm. right? Yep. You can't actually access your prostate. <laughs> you need surgery for that. Um, so because it is so shallow in our body, it is easy to transmit vibration through the perineum. And di- everyone's anatomy is differently. So everyone's, you know, prostate may sit at a different depth. And there may be people who are who have very shallow prostate which may benefit more from from that external play not necessarily from the internal access and in general you know i think this has to do a lot of with with lack of anatomy understanding and education um you know that entire part of our body from our from our crotch to our butthole just highly nerve ending full and you know like i said before pleasure and pain are very much ends of the same spectrum. So if you can recognize that you're sensitive in those areas and you want to explore and increase your erogenous zones, why not explore externally throughout the perineum? And that applies to everyone, not just, you know, cis men. Um, yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's what I would want to say. Mm-hmm. I, I too, I think, um, just because like I, um, because different bodies are different and we're talking a lot about use of vibration. Also, some people don't respond well to vibration. Yeah, like, try, try feathers, right? Yeah. Try feathers, try a tickler, um, try just doing, you know, oral on the perineum. Yeah. That is not you know, a strong vibration. Yeah, or, you know, pressure with your fingers, right? Or light touch with your fingers, like on yourself or having a partner do that. Like there's lots of different ways to create stimulation. And so I I do want to just say out loud, like vibration's not the only way. Similarly, like some people love strong vibration. They love it. Some people, it's like just too much stimulus coming in at one time. And it gets overwhelming or it just kind of like overloads the system. Like to your point, Leo, like (laughs) pleasure and pain are part of the same spectrum, right? And so sometimes it does then tip over into like uncomfortable or just like too, too much where like the pleasure maybe isn't. I don't know if you want to say more about that, Leo. Well, I was just going to say, and and remember, this isn't a one, one linear thing, right? You can, Mm. you can have people that enjoy vibration after they have been primed with mm-hmm. you know pressure or after they have been primed with you know soft touch <clears throat> like you can build up to vibrators it's just you have to explore what does your body need to start getting in those cues of relaxation to start getting in those cues of safety and to really get in that mood of, of pleasure rather than being in the alert side of our yeah. central system which usually ends up in pain yeah the more the more nervous somebody is right the much more different the experience like sensory experiences are going to be a lot of oh, I'll different. Tell you, that, that, that could be more true because like you know and- normally i'm always just like yeah yeah but i was nervous and so it, there was uh you know i was definitely a little bit tightened up i was a little bit angst ridden and i think maybe next time that'll be a little bit less and i'll be able to explore a little bit more of the pleasure side of uh what we want to try to experience the last thing that I wanted to add is, and and I don't know if maybe this is if you're aware of this, but it feels like we're talking about anal sex in very much the the passive role, I guess, being like the penetrated. But I would argue, you know, and you the audience can't see this, but like this is a very good classic prostate simulator. It's not much thicker than a than a thumb, and it has a nice wide base. But Jeremiah, you could use this. You can insert this insert this presex. And then you could engage in penetration 
There you go. And if you want one hell of an orgasm, there you go. Buy mm-hmm. one of these things while also stimulating your penis in masturbation or penetration. It is powerful. Okay. <laughs> I can't listen, Dr. Leo. I am open. I am open to try and I'm excited about it. And I like that aspect of, because uh, I do know, I, you know, I, there was a, a couple that I engaged with uh, years ago in the lifestyle, and he was somebody who, who did that. He had a, a toy uh, that he used pre, he put the toy in. And, you know, he, he loved it. He said it was like his favorite thing to do. And, you know, and so I, I think that's a great way to end this today because that is something that I am down to once I'm, you know, getting into the comfort zone of of where I need to be with it. I'm, I'm excited to try it and we'll come back. I'll give you a full Yelp review, Dr. Leo. One. <laughs> well, Jeremiah, 100%. I want to say... Thank you for not just like practicing vulnerability with your partner, although I'm sure your partner's uh, happy about that, but for with us here, right? It's a brave thing to have two <laughs> psychologists and sex therapists be like, and what was that like? And how did that go? Like, it's, um, it is a lot. So well done you. Well, And thank taking you. a risk, thank trying you. something new. It's always tough. Well, I appreciate and, it. And especially in ways that push against like some of those really like you all were talking about those really ingrained belief systems about like we do, we have, you know, we can have our like Dr. Leo was saying sort of our intellectual ideas and feelings like around like what something is or what it means. And we can tell ourselves like, yeah, like that's totally fine. But what feels fine or feels okay is a totally different thing. And that's often informed by a lot of internalized messaging from maybe a greater cultural system, family system, maybe past experiences. And so those things aren't always operating in the same, in the same space. And so I, you know, pushing against that can be a really powerful thing. So well done you. Well, thank you, doc. Thank you so much. And thank you uh, to both of you for being so open. As I say it all the time, I just want to say thank you for all that you do for so many people. You you really do, uh, you know, give people a safe space to come in and learn and grow. And I'm always just so grateful when Dr. Leo comes in and gives a whole nother uh, perspective on uh, different things. And I appreciate you, Dr. Leo, coming in and taking the time and hearing my story and giving us your thoughts. And I'm definitely going to take your last bit of advice there and try the pre-stuff and, and see what comes out. And definitely we'll get back together and talk more about it in our ongoing series of Jeremiah and prostate play, but thank you. <laughs> we'll give all. it a we'll give it a jazzier name. <laughs> I thought that name was great. That was right off the cuff. I came up that right now. But I just genuinely thank you for all you do for so many. This is our last episode for season three. We will be back in a few months after the holidays with season four, and it's going to be videoed. Get ready, everybody. And, and while you're taking a break from us, you should check out Dr. Leo's new site. Absolutely. Dr. Yeah. Leo, give us that, that information one more time. You want to plug that again, Dr. Leo? And it's ourqueerhistory.com, history spelt with an I. At this point, we're in the prototype stage, but any follows that we can get on Instagram, that would be great. Um, and hopefully we'll have a fully formed uh, website by Pride of Cannot 2020. Wait. Cannot wait to check it out. Don't miss the opportunity to check out everything that Dr. Leo is talking about. And again, sixth grade leading reading level. It's not going to be hard to follow along. And uh, again, just anything that has to do with Dr. Leo, we're fans and we want to promote because he is great and he takes such great care of it. Uh, great care of us here at the University of Pleasure. And we're just grateful to have you as always, Dr. Leo. Thank you so, so much. 
thank you, you everybody for being here as always doc take care of yourself be good be kind to each other and we'll talk to you all again next season bye doc happy new year bye dr leo happy holidays bye This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. Additional multimedia support by associate producer Kyle Binkley. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure so please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. And if you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, share, and subscribe to all of our social media.